This is the Reading Instruction Program. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson, and today we're actually talking about reading. The topic is a balanced reading program. What is it? Well, we know reading programs need to be balanced. This means it's not just all one thing, like phonics instruction or reading or writing or all of anything. Instead, there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Now, you may not have noticed, but children are not standardized products. Children learn differently, in different ways, and at different rates. Thus, hence, therefore, in learning to read, some children need a little more of one thing, while others need a little bit more of another thing. Trying to push all children through the same reading program will result in the slow growth of some and the frustration of others. This practice is called teaching the program and not the child. Effective teachers teach children. Factory workers teach programs. Whenever possible, we should strive to be teachers and not factory workers. So you ask, what does a balanced program look like? Well, it has some of the following characteristics. First, number one, the number one priority is to help children fall in love with books. After that, after that, reading instruction is easy. Number two, conditions are created to enable students to learn to read. Now, we don't teach children to read as much as we create the conditions whereby they can learn to read. Some children learn to read in spite of what we do to them. So instead of calling it reading class, why don't you call it reading practice? Remember, reading is creating meaning with print. It is not, not in capital letters, sounding out words and letters. It is not pronouncing words correctly. The third condition, you teach multiple ways to recognize words. Remember, phonics is just one of six ways to recognize words, and it is the least efficient in terms of thinking space use. Now, these are six ways to recognize words. The first one is context clues, figuring out what the word is by looking at what makes sense in the sentence. The second is morphemic analysis, figuring out what the word is by looking at the prefix or suffix or root words. The third is word analysis or word families, figuring out what the word is by looking at word families or parts of the words that you recognize. The next one is ask a friend. Turn to a neighbor and say, what's that word? The next one is skip the word. If you're still creating meaning with print, why stop the process to figure out a word? And the last one is phonics. Using minimal letter cues in combination with context clues, we figure out what a word is. So those are six ways to recognize words while reading. The fourth condition of a balanced reading program, there is a lot of reading practice. Now, would you expect to get better at playing golf without practicing? Certainly not. In the same way, all humans get better at reading by practicing it. Time set aside for silent reading is one of the best things you can do to promote and enhance reading. 
How much time should you set aside? Well, you might start with the following general guidelines. Think about 15 to 30 minutes in primary grades, 30 to 60 in intermediate grades, 40 to 90 in the middle and high school. Earlier in the year, younger children might only be able to focus for 10 to 15 minutes. Once they learn that reading is something they'll do every day and that it's a pleasurable experience, they will become able to read for longer periods of time. And these are just general guidelines to think about. The fifth condition, children are invited to choose easy books. As adults, we don't always choose challenging material to read. We choose pleasurable material to read. Inviting children sometimes to sometimes read easier material reinforces the pleasurable aspect and enhances reading fluency. So children need to be able to practice reading by choosing easy books to read, just like we do. The sixth condition, children are allowed to make choices about reading material. Can you imagine, as an adult, if you could only read what people assigned you to read? What would it be like if you couldn't go into a library and look for a book that interested you? Can you imagine going into a bookstore and someone assigning you a book? Choice is one of the most powerful motivators for reading and needs to be included in any reading program. But this doesn't mean total choice all the time. Rather, there are three continuums of choice. First, a choice within a sample. For example, we've got five books we're going to read this week. You can choose the one that you wish to read. Second is choice within a category. Example, this month we're looking at historical fiction and historical nonfiction. You can select any book related to the Civil War. And third is total choice. Example, find a book that you would enjoy reading. The seventh element in a balanced reading program is reading practice sessions or classes that have more reading than skills work. Constance Weaver suggests the following formula. 70 to 80% of reading class should be authentic reading. And only 20 to 30% of reading class should be skills work. Sadly, we've got those things mixed around, those percentages mixed around in most reading classes. Again, 70 to 80% of a reading class should be spent in authentic reading experiences. Only 20 to 30% should involve skills work. The eighth condition for a balanced reading class, authentic literacy activities should be used most often and not contrived basal skills worksheets. Now, there's nothing wrong with a worksheet as long as these aren't the only thing you use. If you look through a basal teacher's manual, you notice that a lot of the worksheets have absolutely nothing to do with enjoying the story or helping students to create meaning with text. So part of your responsibility as an intelligent and creative teacher of reading is to save your students from these contrived sorts of activities. The ninth condition of a balanced reading program, teachers are allowed, 
by their district and principal to make choices about their students and for their students. Imagine that. Now, today there's a movement for more top-down mandates by state and federal governments and by school districts. These entities who do not know you or your students want to tell you how to teach, what to teach, when to teach, and how long to teach it. Our schools need creative, intelligent teachers, yet these creative, intelligent teachers are often denied the ability to use their creativity and intelligence in designing learning experiences. When teachers are allowed to make decisions related to teaching and learning, student achievement is enhanced and, and schools become more effective learning communities. However, with freedom comes responsibility. So teachers must then be responsible for making sure they know what a body of research says is effective related to teaching and learning. The tenth part condition element of balanced reading instruction, seat work is not used simply to keep students busy. In the old days, and sometimes in the new days, students were given seat work to keep them busy while the teacher worked with a small group in front of the room. This sort of busy work was often meaningless and had more to do with measuring students and keeping them silent or passive than helping them enjoy good books or create meaning with text. In an effective literacy environment, students spend most of their time reading, writing, and talking about literacy. The 11th condition, voluntary reading is promoted. Voluntary reading is the reading children do at home or when, uh, when they're on their own, when they're not required to do so. This is related to helping children fall in love with reading and providing them lots of reading practices, opportunities for sustained silent reading. The amount or volume of reading children do is related to fluency, increases in fluency, comprehension, and achievement. And the last and twelfth condition of a balanced reading program, round-robin reading is avoided. Round-robin reading is the practice of going around a circle or a room and calling on children to read sections out loud. This is a silly practice that does more to discourage and humiliate non-readers than to help them. It also slows down the reading process and decreases comprehension. But most importantly, this is not what real-life readers do. I have yet to go into a library and see people sitting around a table taking turns reading out loud. Well, how do you know if the student is reading the assignment? Some teachers ask, and I would say, well, there's many other ways. Story maps, book talks, double journal entries are just some of the ways. All right, this has been the Reading Instruction Show. We uh, looked at or described 12 elements of a balanced reading program.